What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast here on this Friday, the eve of the final game of the regular season. And it's a big one in almost every facet. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, this season honestly flew by. It truly feels like yesterday we were, we talked recently about the SEMO and even NIU game. It seemed like it wasn't what, two months ago at least now, and this season has flown by, and we know we started so well, but now it's gotten a little dicey here at the end, and it takes a a pretty nice victory tomorrow to even give ourselves a full-on chance, Noah, but it's we'll talk about it. A lot of people don't have us in, and we're kind of sitting on the edge of our seat once again. What's going on? Yep, it's, uh, it's crazy that the way this season started, that we put ourselves in this situation – and and surprisingly to a lot of people, it's it's come into the hands of our offense and play calling to put us like that. We've been preaching on it for weeks, weeks and weeks on weeks now. So it's obviously it's senior day tomorrow and you want to go out with a win no matter what. But on Sunday, it's going to be very nerve wracking. Yeah, we would have and we'll get into also have to have a lot of help around the FCS and the Valley as well. Uh, I say a lot. We'll dive into some games that are notable, clearly some at-large teams that have a chance that hopefully they can go down in these matchups. You mentioned it there, not only because of the importance of getting the playoffs, but also, yes, senior day. There are 16 seniors on this team. And we'll get into it near the end. We'll just we'll mention them all. Some of them have eligibility, as we know, so they're not full-on seniors. Everyone's got still that extra year if they want to use it. But we'll go through them all because there's a lot leaving that we'll need to um, – that we'll miss for next year. That's without a doubt. But, Noah, let's kick off this episode, of course, with our usual. Let's see what the commits are doing now in their playoff pushes. Again, nitty-gritty coming up here. A lot of guys have a lot of great ops as well to keep their seasons alive. What's everybody up to? Yep, starting in the home state, as we usually do, um, up in 8A – um, one of our quarterbacks, Jake Curry, um, having a great season for Edwardsville High School. Um, and his season came to an end last week to a very good York team, 36-29. Um, very close game to go through. I mean, Jake probably played his butt off. Uh, his, his team did not put it as stats as usual. Once their season ends, they do not ins- insert stats. So, what a great season for Jake and Edwardsville. I mean, he played his butt off, um, losing by seven points in a, in a state game like that. I mean, so close to being playing for a t- state title. So, unfortunate for Jake and his team up. Um, and Ben Feigl, our linebacker, linebacker commit, um, another solid win for his team. Um they continue to roll on this season, improving, and they get to take a chance this this Saturday um, against Chicago Mount Carmel, um, a very good team. So that's going to be a tough one in that bracket up there in 7A. So both teams very good. I mean, coming off a of 55-14 over the two seed in their bracket in the quarterfinals. Um getting to play in the state semifinals, one went away to play uh, where we, where you and I got to go visit earlier this season up at, 
or now it's at normal note. When I was thinking it was at NIU, they switched back and forth all the time. But Chicago Mount Carmel, the sixth seed um, in 7A, coming off a 61-14 win over Quincy. So going to be a battle of the seven and six seed. On the other side is the 13th seeded Downers Grove North versus the number one seed Normal Community High School. So um, Ben and his Bulldogs got a big opportunity this week to um, – put themselves in the state championship game. So excited for that one. Um, staying in the state of Illinois, obviously. Um, never mind, we lost that commit, Blaine Cision, so don't have to cover him anymore. Um, in the state of Iowa, Parker Getter and his team obviously came to an end the week before. So not a lot of guys still playing over in the state of Kentucky. We do know. Um, Lucas McDaniels, his team came to the end last week, but E.T. Harris and his squad still playing down there in the state of Kentucky. Um, court, currently up 15 nothing over a 7-4 and four Ludlow team. So down there in 1A, um, just continue to roll through in the quarterfinals, one win way from the semi. So see if E.T. and his team can get to the final four. Also down in Kentucky and our offensive line commit, Jack Lindsay. Uh, his team continues to roll. They play tonight against 11 and 1 Atherton. So that's a big time game for them, continuing to try to move on in the playoffs. Also uh, down at Trinity High School, our defensive end commit, Nate Tronzo and his team. Um, they continue to roll. They are playing tonight against McCracken County. Um, one of the local teams out of Paducah. They're currently up 45 nothing in that one, so Nate and his team is going to move on in the playoffs that today. So continue to roll. Then I think the only one still alive, um, and a guy probably we least talk about because we least hear stuff about him, but our cornerback convinced Denim, Denim Mitchell down there in Mississippi. Um, they play – uh, today against a nine and two Tupelo team, so um, got a playoff matchup down there in Mississippi. I think they're, I think they're in their second uh, in the quarterfinals of that one. So a lot of commits still alive. Some came to end. It's unfortunate, but can't wait for them to continue their seasons. We got some guys looking to add some hardware this season. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. <clears throat> excuse me the um, the run of Ben Feigl in Batavia because I think we said on the recent one he had a he had a player commit to us uh, uh, Western Michigan recently, and those guys are doing their thing for sure. We love that Ben's getting that far. You mentioned some of the other guys, and even Parker Getter, whose season's over, he tagged us recently in his uh, in his senior highlights. So that's cool to see. Shout out to him and. You're right. We don't talk about Denim a lot because we mentioned how we can't really get a hold of him, never really tried fully in the different avenues of like his high school account. You know, their ex account didn't really go that far with it, which is fine. But everybody else, for sure, you know, heartbreaking finishes or like you said, ones that are going right now, Nate Tronzo just blowing them out as we speak to move on. So, um, We've never had a as long we've been doing this for at least three seasons of three different classes, and no one's officially been a state champion. We don't think, or off the top of my head, I don't recall. So, be cool to actually have one come in here. We know basketball has a lot, especially this upcoming year. So, yeah, um, for sure, look forward to 
just mentioned how because I'm on Ben Flagel's thing, he plays basketball too. We mentioned how Denim does that. A lot of guys still play in their respective sports as well. So, yes, good luck to him. Hopefully some of them can finish the deal, but we'll be back, which that's the thing. We're not sure because we mentioned how we'll have a recap of tomorrow's game more than likely on Sunday, along with it'll, it'll be after the selection show that, um, that um, you know, just after that in general, recapping the game. Talking about everything with that, but we might mention these guys, and then on obviously future episodes, we'll see how these guys end up on whatever episodes we have after that. So, looking forward to talking about that again here soon. Um, Just real quick before no, we move on, uh, we got some all all state and all district team. Parker Getter made all first team all district um, up there in the state of Iowa. Um, then uh, Ben Feigl made a. All state team honorable mention, I believe. So, um, a lot of commits getting Kentucky, the state of Kentucky and Mississippi has not announced theirs yet, but Illinois and Iowa ha- have. Yeah, good for those guys. A lot of guys are racking up that we've went through to see even guys from around this area that make those as well. So, clearly, a lot of talent that we have coming in here. Shout out to those guys for, for those awards and those honors. <laughs> so, no, let's. Let's get on the Valley and obviously, you know, going through here as I continue on our X account, knowing that I knew for a while there that um, Luke was going to have Sam Herter in an interview and I retweeted it, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it before this. Unfortunately, it came out earlier, didn't see it. So I'm sure there's a lot of good tidbits on that, but we'll talk about from our just what we like to see and what we think based off of what other people have had. But no, let's go around the games the big final games that are coming up. There's some big ones. You can get to the huge ones just for bragging rights and, you know, rivalries around the FCS, but dive into – well, obviously, clearly those two that factor in that large is like we've said, that could matter for us along with what's going on around the Valley in the final games. Yeah, there's some big games. Um, I think one that could probably determine seeding down in the A-Sun, Central Arkansas travels to Austin P. Um, that should be a really good football game. Um, as Austin P tries to continue to strengthen strengthen our schedule with a win there, um, that would make them nine and two with their only losses coming to us. And um, I want to say Tennessee. So first two weeks of the year, they've ran the table since then. So um, that one's pretty good. And the big sky out there, obviously Montana, Mon- Montana State, really good football game. Um, that's got seeding implications for the playoffs. Um, then one, Saluki fans, you want to pay attention to um, Sacramento State, who's seven and three, travels to six and four. UC Davis, so um, you want to root for Sacramento State there because UC Davis that would knock them off the bubble. They're right there with us, so um, definitely want to root for Sac State there. Um, down in the OVC. SEMO's been eliminated, but UT Martin looking to, I think, clinch that conference. I mean, Eastern Illinois 7-3 if they went on the road and Samford can upset UT Martin. I think that could help Eastern get in the playoffs. Other than that, um, around the – in the Pioneer League, obviously it's wrapped up. I think Drake and Butler may be playing for the title game there. Davidson's still in the mix for that. And around the Valley, obviously, Youngstown on the road at Murray. Expect 
Um, want to root for Murray there because that'd eliminate obviously Youngstown off the bubble, but I think Youngstown's in because they're I think they take care of business. Um, South Dakota, South Dakota on the road at Western, their last trip to Macomb, that should be um, a blowout there. Missouri State on the road at South Dakota State. Um, then the two big matchups in the Valley, Saluki fans, you want to keep track of. Um, one team will get eliminated in this one, Illinois State. Six and four on the road at six and four North Dakota. So one team should get eliminated off the bubble there, and one team should win their way in. Then the other one, North Dakota State, seven and three travels to six and four. You and I, um, I'd say the Bison are in even if they lose, but um, just because probably who they are. But I would root for them to get to eight and three because that would put you and I off the bubble because we're trying to eliminate as many bubble teams as possible. Exactly. Them and you mentioned the Illinois State North Dakota games. Interesting. You know, everyone's got their fair share of bad losses to an extent, but it does seem like North Dakota can be in as well. They've been on the fringe bubble for a while. They were, you know, clear as day at large. Um, but it all depends on yeah, some of these games that of course we see it in every sport. Anything for a division or something, it's ironically comes down to two teams fighting for you know, a spot in general, or in this case, clearly multiple spots, but that, that is a huge game for sure. Um, but the biggest one, I think for the fact that Northern Iowa is, they've been around the same thing as us. They clearly bubble team, but at points it was like, okay, they could be a seed. Oh, you know, they lost. Now we know the Missouri state loss they had last week, just brutal. So definitely big bison fans this weekend and they are on the road. Um, in Cedar Falls, so that one will be tough for the Bison. Um, we'll see about, you know, Theo Day wants to g- get in the playoffs, I would say. So he would want to have that win. That would secure it for them. So big fans of a lot of these, you know, teams, and you mentioned some of the others around the country. Um, yes, the UC Davises, who now that we're rolling into this talk before we talk about the Sycamores at the end, is uh, Jamie Williams and all the guys on FCS Fans Nation had – they were kind of picking who they think the top eight seeds could be clearly and like the order of it, but then factoring in which other teams they think they can make it. And they had us in it. And of course that was last Sunday because they had their, their big thing last Sunday night on YouTube and, you know, had us comfortably in there. They mentioned how, what, what our resume, what we know it is. And they were, they have been the guys that have been preaching it up for a long time now and had us facing UC Davis on one side, they had us facing it to where if we won, we got South Dakota, who would definitely will be a top eight seed, and then they switched us to the other side of the bracket just to switch it up. I don't know if it, it clearly doesn't mean a whole lot. Just to they just did it, and then they had us facing them again, and the winner got Montana State. So we've we've been on the, you know, and I've said for a while that clearly we don't want to be on the edge of our seat. That that's where that season was headed, but now it since it's headed in the in the downward spiral. We'll take any spot we want because we know in the playoffs, if we're healthy, we're it's a new ball game, and you get a team in the first round that you, um, you know, can you're probably evenly matched with in a sense. And you talked about in the last one, and Luke did say on his uh, Saluki Royalty with Deontay, yes, that we did put in for a home playoff game whenever it came out. So if we do get in, maybe we can get lucky in that regard. Um, but again, it will take any playoff position at, at this point. That's that's what it boils down to, and it takes. Some help because Noah, let's segue to a couple of the bracketologies. Um, you can even, or I'll mention Sam Herders real fast. You can mention yours and then I'll try to find Craig Haley's as well. 
uh, two of the three and maybe even yours don't have us in where it currently stands. And that's what gets us nervous. Like we said, Sam was talking with Luke and we'll be on the pregame for tomorrow's game. We retweeted it. Everybody go listen to that. Some good stuff from that. But Sam Hurd does not have us in. There's at large bids of um, he has like the rankings of like 21 through 24 near the very end. But he's got Northern Iowa, North Dakota, North Dakota State easily in. And he's got the team. Uh, Incarnate Word's the last team in. You know, in those final four, it's Western Carolina, who does play Austin P for the for the uh for their conference. And then UT Martin, NC Central, and the bubble teams left out. Youngstown is in front of us, and we're 26 on there. Eastern Illinois at 29. Uh so or I'm thinking Central Arkansas plays Austin P, sorry, not Western Carolina. But uh no, there's his again. He has us left out. Dives through yours, and then we'll talk about Craig Haley's. What do you? Where does your bracketology stand here? If you're, if you've updated yours with the one game remaining, and where we stand to you? Yeah, I have us. I agree with him. I have us out. I actually have him. I have us one more spot out than he does. Um, I have us as the twenty seventh team out of twenty four. But I do have you and I as my last team in. Then I have uh, North Dakota State as 21 so they play each other and I have Youngstown and Chattanooga in front of us so I mean if Youngstown if they if they win they're probably in then obviously North Dakota plays Illinois State which I have at 30 um, so winner of that um, can move up a little bit because that's obviously a pretty good win but um, I think you and I gets probably beat by North Dakota State so eliminates them and moves some things around that you could potentially sneak in if things happen around the country. Yeah, I know. And again, that's just what we have to hope for at this point. There's no comfortability one bit. We'll get to, you know, Nick Hill's comments here in a second, but looking at Craig Haley's real fast, he didn't have, he just has, he had his bracket laid out and didn't have us clearly had the other teams that everyone else has had. Yeah. North Dakota, North Dakota State. Uh, but then, you know, some of his matchups are interesting. We know that's a crapshoot, but in, in terms of, you know, some people can get this accurate to what the committee would do. You know, they do it by region or who could host, blah, blah, blah. But uh, North Dakota, you know, in Sac State, it's a great matchup for him that he has. UT Martin and Austin P is a phenomenal matchup of even teams. Uh, then North Dakota State looks like they, they would host Drake, which they'd probably smack him. And then they'd get Montana the next game. So, uh, and according to Craig Haley, then that would mean that he's got clearly Montana beating Montana State tomorrow. So these top seeds are pretty legit, as we know. The Furmans, the Idaho's, the U Albanese, those are it. It's what hopefully makes a really nice parody uh, playoffs. But again, I, it just stinks because I don't even want to work, you know, it's not worth talking about in a sense. And it's going to be hard to watch clearly if we're not in it. We know how hard it was last year, but we knew we weren't going to get into five and six. The fact that you could barely miss out at seven and four. So, again, it's, it's you know, and diving into our resume real fast, Noah, before we talk about the Sycamores, what we have to offer according – this is what people have said, and this is just off the rip for me, of what they can look at. You know, because, again, Youngstown State isn't – they're left on a lot of people. It seemed like they would – have enough but they have their fair share of terrible losses that is our worst loss of the season by far so if there's any tiebreaker any edge it goes to them as it should but even though the other things that tail off of that is well they got killed by south dakota state at home we only lost to south dakota state at home by seven and so again a loss can be one of your more positives and could be deemed as a win in a sense 
Um, so we have the only seven point loss South Dakota State that no one else can say, not even Montana State, who had a 10 nothing lead, ended up getting blown out. No one else lost to South Dakota State as close as we did. And then we know we beat Austin P. We've said before they had a couple weapons that were missing in that game. They're really good. They've emerged here. They're going to win their conference. Maybe either way they're getting in. That was a great win, but it happened in week one, whatever they take out of those kinds of things. And then oh, we know we do have an FBS win and it came against Northern Illinois, who's awful, but it's, it's one nonetheless. Everybody preaches it as we've said continuously. And then we, and then we do play in the best conference overall. So they, they would give you a little bit of that kind of edge, you know, but it, so that means you're fighting with other conference teams like Northern Iowa, et cetera. So no, again, that's, that's where it lays out here. In your opinion, your final thoughts on our overall change. Clearly, it matters what happens in tomorrow's game. Like we said, we'll get to the Sycamores here in a sec. but And we'll have final thoughts on this as well. But, Noah, you're, what do you think, um, you know, or what do you think on our resume going into tomorrow's game? Clearly, we feel like we have to win big, but a win nonetheless gets us to that record. Um, what do you think about our resume, where it stands going into tomorrow um, overall here for your final thoughts on that? Yeah, obviously you have the strength of schedule and obviously the FBS win, I think it's one of two in the country, but it's just as a bubble team, you have four losses and those are against FCS opponents, not and every other team on the bubble um does does not have four FCS loss, so that that's a big knock. And you don't have a win over any of the top 25 opponents you played, so definitely hard um, it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be nerve wracking to watch tomorrow. Um, if you're not named in one of the first, uh, at large matchups, it's, it's going to be a long 20 minutes of reveal because, uh, the longer it goes, I think you're not going to see the Saluki's name. Exactly. Cause if we remember Back the first year we made it, so after the spring, the first spring season, the first 2021 season, we were like the first team on the board. As we know, before we it was acknowledged, we played Weber State. So usually if you're one of the teams that scrape in, you are one of the first ones announced, we like to think. So it will definitely be nerve-wracking on Sunday, no doubt about it. No, let's dive into these Sycamores here for the final regular season game of the season. They are one and nine. They got their first win last week against Western Illinois. I mean, who can't beat Western at this point? They're an interesting team, Noah. They've they've fought with a lot of teams. Could have knocked off a couple here this season. And we just I just remember watching the Eastern Illinois game with them, the first game of the year, and they were they were getting blown out by Eastern, and that was kind of the the makings of what Eastern can even be on the bubble themselves. Indiana State looked like they were on that trajectory, and then we know you can dive in, and maybe they weren't all the way healthy at the start. That's why they were showing those awful signs, and they dug themselves a hole they couldn't get out of. Quickly here, we've split the last 10 meetings, uh, clearly 5-5 five and five dating back to 2011. The visiting team has won all but one time during that span, and it was us that lost at their place in 2015. Uh, they've won their last – Indiana State has won their last four trips to Carbondale or four and one in Saluki Stadium. The only SIU win came in the inaugural season back in 2010. Um, so, no, we haven't played them in a long time also. They they missed out on the – they cut their season the COVID year. And we know Luke Martin is from there. He knows a lot about it. He's preached a lot about what this matchup is. But, no, what else do we know about them overall, clearly, and their personnel and what they have to offer to potentially 
you know, be the dagger and what could officially be playoff chances for us tomorrow. Yeah, this is a team where you did mention that they were banged up early on in the season. I mean, playing playing two FBS teams, that doesn't help your cause. Um, then they lose. I mean, winning their first game last week, they're better than what their, re- their record says they are. And they've had Kane Chambers, their quarterback. He's only played in seven of their games. He's thrown for almost 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, has thrown six interceptions. Um, running game has been kind of their their strength in their offense. I mean, they have two backs and Justin Dinka, who has 500 yards, four, four touchdowns on the year. Uh, then their other one, Lawrence, has 470 yards, three touchdowns on the year. So those two guys – nearing around 120 yards combined a game. Um, they can do it in a lot of ways. And they have a couple of different receivers and Harry Van Dyne and Dakota Catone that can hurt you in the, in the receiving game. But obviously in their kicking game, um, they don't have um, a lot to offer. They have – they had one guy that start, is 0 for 3 on the year, but their other guy is 7 for 7. So they moved on to another guy. He's uh, seven for seven. He's one of one from uh, 45 plus. So um, they got a solid kicker. But other than that, in their punting game, their punter, they've been through uh, two different punters and they're average around 40 yards. So better than our punter. Uh, but on the defensive side of the ball, obviously we know one guy um, that's in that D-line group and Gianni Belazare. But they're led by Maddox Blackwell, 94 tackles on the year, um, has five tackles for loss, has a sack and a half, two picks, um, four PBUs, uh, two fumble, two forced fumbles, and has recovered two with 75 return yards in those two retu- returns. So got a lot of, lot, of, lot of guys. I'm telling you, this is a team that you're going to have to watch, watch out for because they've played – you mentioned it. They've played – we've been mentioning it for weeks now. They've been playing everybody tough, even if going to Terre Haute, they're going on the road. You just got to respect this team and take it and take care of business. Their offense only averaging 13 points on the year. They're giving up 30 as a defense. So this is a game you just got to – if you want to leave a, a reminder to the committee as they go into Sunday morning – and before they finalize that, blow this team out on senior day, get everybody in that are seniors um, that don't usually play, and just finish this season strong. Exactly, and they just affected. We would love to finish strong. We thought, just thinking of last year at Youngstown, we were like, well, we're not sure if we're getting in. Let's finish strong. We blew that game, and it was a disaster finish of the season. So, yeah, if you don't get in, no matter what, you clearly need to do what you need to do and blow this team out. I mean – Going through some of the, I mean, their games real fast. They lost 27 nothing Eastern Illinois, 41 to 7 Indiana, understandable. Got killed by Ball State, barely lost to Murray State, held with Northern Iowa, had a lead on them, only lost by seven. Got killed by Illinois State, had South Dakota on the ropes at times, and they exploded, ended up winning by two touchdowns. Only lost to North Dakota in overtime by three. They had Youngstown on the ropes and Terre Haute lost by eight, or lost by 12, excuse me, and then they killed Western last week. So 
they appear to be clearly better than the Westerns and the Murrays, even though Murray beat them. We think Murray and them are pretty even in that regard, but we need to do exactly what we did to those other teams, which was dominate, dominate them. And we did those on the road. We should expect to do this here at home. Um, leave no doubt, as we like to say, so no segueing into some predictions here and some other things. We've, we've, we made it known that on the last one, Nick Baker is the easy offensive dog of the game. From the remainder of the season, clearly that does not change in this game. But, no, if you were to predict a spread going into the – I haven't checked the FCS Reddit, see if they had one. Or actually, I might have, but I don't remember. Overall, if you think what a spread could be, thinking it could be pretty large, and then overall game predictions. And if you wanted to touch on maybe a defensive dog of the game, who you'd like to see play well. You did mention we want to get seniors in there, as you said, but if you were to muster up any of that, as I said, what would it be? Yeah, if I were to put a spread, I would say it's going to be pretty large. I would put it like 24 and a half um, if I were to bet the game, if I could, in the state of Illinois, I would take the plus. Um, but defensive dog of the game, I think it, it starts in that linebacking room, and I think I'm going to go with Branson Combs. Um, he's going to finish, finish this season strong and try to get us the playoff push on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah, we need just everybody to step up. Everybody to, again, leave no doubt, make sure they can't move the ball at all. You mentioned they have a decent punter. Um, I would like to think that we'll be having him punt a lot, even what kind of mode they'll be in. They'll be in four-down territory the whole game just to keep us on our toes, potentially. I wanted to, I wanted to mention real fast because I did see that they – you might have mentioned it, but, yeah, their linebacker that has seven-and-a-half sacks on the season – uh, Olin Deke or Olin Dyke seven and a half is a huge number as we know so look out for him on the offensive part of the ball but we expect to move the ball and win pretty good I'm, I'm gonna say we score I'm gonna say a 38 to 3 win no I don't think we should let them get in the end zone if they want to have some we know if they get lucky on some third and longs if they want to do this and that and just settle for field goals I don't think they will I want to say I hope they don't even score, but no, we know they're a little better than that, but we need to play with the desperation we've been saying for weeks. He said a 38-3 to win for me. What are you predicting, and give me your final thoughts. Yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a really good football game. I think this team is better than what their record said. says they are. I'm going to go with a 24-10 to win, 14-point win. Um, I think I just think this play calling gets a little too conservative and they we just try to run the ball. And if we can't break any long touchdown runs, I think we sit on the clock and just get guys um, – just try to get the victory. I think coaching can be a little, little timid probably and just be very too conservative in that second half. Try to get that run going and it comes up short, but – it's time to – I mean, you got to win this football game. We said last week was a must-win, but this is a must-win if you want to have any chance um, to live on throughout the season. Obviously, Nick Hill feels pretty good about it, but um, I and a lot of the bracketologists don't don't think this team is good enough to get in. Yeah, I know. I just don't – it's just crazy, again, how it all came – to this point as to what we had, but we know offense had to get the job done. And in general, if we lose to a one and nine team at home with a win and you have a decent 50-50 shot of getting in the playoffs, then head should start rolling. That is a fact. So you should leave again, leave no doubt in this game. Just knowing how 
this season in particular with, and we'll talk about a lot of stuff at the end of the season and even on Selection Sunday just talking about it, but um, just how this team with all of the seniors, all the important players on this team, you might have a guy drafted, you have a guy that's breaking records. Just in general, you you have what you need in the moment. You you have the team accumulated over the last couple of years that this was the last go-around that they need to, and it's just shocking how they've done this where they, like we've said with Nick Baker, man, your days are numbered in college. It's like, you need to put us on your back, and he has not done that. It's a it's a team effort overall, but we know it's been a lot of him. That's why we've said dog of the game is clearly always him the rest of the way. So, again, th- this team just needs to leave no doubt. I honestly want to say, you know, foot on the throat, if you could score as many points as you can, do it, whether that is. Clearly, you don't want to leave your starters in the whole entire time if you do that. Uh, hopefully the backups can come in and score too, but just make the score as big as you possibly can just to say, oh, just give them that kind of look because, again, we'll be sweating on the final day. So, again, you can expect an episode from us here on Sunday to recap the game as well as Selection Sunday. I think it comes out at 11-ish on ESPNU. Everybody check that out, but also go to Saluki Stadium for a 1 o'clock game tomorrow. It'll be tough for us to get there uh, in time to watch it and working on Saturdays, but – Here's some of the quick names that are be honored tomorrow that will be gone after this season. Roe Elliott, Devin Cowan, Deontay Cox, PJ Jules, Justin Strong, of course, Nick Baker, cornerback one, DJ Johnson, Zach Barola, to name a few. So, and Tim Vargas of the world. So a lot of good guys leaving. Some notable ones that have been here for a long time that mean a lot to this program. So how about they go out on top? So we're looking forward to seeing that tomorrow afternoon. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, see you on Sunday. Go Dawgs.